Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to the Developing Imperfect Leaders podcast. Because last time I checked, we're not Jesus. <laughs> this is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow LDI staff team members, Kaylin Larson. Hello. And Natty Severson. Hello. Welcome to a very special Halloween episode. That was my spooky voice of uh, the podcast. Uh, And so as we get right into it here, uh, again, every week we're trying to do something, a fun fact about ourselves. And this week we're doing a fun fact Halloween edition. (laughs) I can can start us off. So uh, in 2020, we moved into our first home. And so we were in our, our first neighborhood for the first time, but it was during COVID. And so we didn't actually get a chance to really meet a lot of our neighbors during this time. And so Halloween was like a big possible opportunity, but everything was still in lockdown. And so I had to put candy out just in bags on the front step. I, I, this kills me because I actually love Halloween. I love to give away candy. Um, but because it was during the lockdown, it was like a very weird Halloween And so I've got all this in my mind of wanting to feel like I'm connected to my new neighborhood, wanting to have a great Halloween. And it's Halloween night and nobody is coming to my house because nobody was out trick-or-treating at all this year. And then finally, one little kid comes and he uh, goes to the wrong door. And so I'm like, I'll go, that's over at that door. And he like stumbles over there. He's in like a Spider-Man costume. He's the cutest kid ever. And, um, he grabs the bag of candy and then I'm like, take a couple more. (laughs) So it's like, whatever, I'm getting emotional now. So this is why I'm telling the story. The fun fact, I am a crier. This is the point of the story. I'm a crier. And so I watched this kid take a bag and it was like the first time I felt like I was a part of this neighborhood. And he was like the sweetest, cutest little kid ever. And so I'm like, I I go back to my wife in the living room and I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm like, I just want to belong in the neighborhood. And he was so cute. uh, Anyway, so the fun fact is I'm a crier, but we find out by way of the Halloween story. Does Allison cry with you or does she sort of just empathetically? uh, Yeah, she's not much of a crier. She's more of a crier now as a mom, but uh, not much of a crier, no. I loathe Halloween. (laughs) 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 Hashtag unsurprised. (laughs) The main reason I just don't enjoy it is the like dressing up part of it stresses me out. Because you, it's not required. Like, why though? What well, about dressing up? I don't know. Because I don't want to spend money. So then <laughs> I <laughs> have to do something that I already have in my wardrobe, which is nothing to do with Halloween. So then my outfits are always lame. And then I'm just like, I hate this. I don't, I, I, any, I just don't enjoy dressing up. I could dress up as Natty. I could be honest, again, not a super fun fact. I know it's not a fun fact, but but I just... it is true. When I told, when I was told it had to be a fun fact about Halloween, I was just like, ugh, I I have zero fun facts because I don't like it. Do you remember any costumes in your... My brother and I were Beauty and the Beast once. Okay. I think he was two, I was three. Who was, who was, uh... <laughs> Her face is awesome right now. I wish you guys could see it. She side eyed him so hard. A, yeah. Her left eyeball actually left the it socket. Did actually, yeah. Yep. As a ghost one year, as a baby one year. Like what? How old were you? Like when what you were is a baby? Ba- like you wear a diaper? I like what? Wore, I, I, that's questionable costume. And you. 
<laughs> you wore a onesie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And then you had like a stuffed animal and then sure. you had like a, like a bottle that you... So an excuse for a child to carry around a bottle. Uh, yeah, and dress in a onesie. So whenever I want to dress up for Halloween, it's like what I'm going to be most comfortable in. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Nettie? Yeah, I had some fun ones. I can't really remember a lot of my specific costumes. It's been It's been a minute since I was child in costumes. I did like to do the the like horror makeup for a while. So I, yeah. I, I experimented with that. As you can imagine, it's like right was in that my, in the nineties? Yes, it would have been in the nineties. Is a that a huge thing? Horror makeup era. I just I think of the nineties as like the goth era. So like was goth? Oh. Grunge. Like I you in know like this was grunge. Goth was grunge, like early two like, thousand. Yeah, Pearl Jam and such. Oversized flannel <laughs> and you know, I'm, but not goth. Not, I, I couldn't have pointed, I don't think I could have pointed to like the idea of goth at that age, but who knows? I, I also don't remember. I think as an adult, I my husband is the exact opposite of you. So in many ways, you're very much alike. Huh. Um, but in this one, he is killing it with the costumes. He is a teacher and the teachers routinely, at, at one point, I don't know if they still do this, but he still wears a costume to work mm-hmm. every Halloween. It's awesome. And they had co- Halloween costumes amongst the contests. That amongst the teachers that he would participate in and he was very successful and he had some hilarious costumes once he went as far as to dress as old man. And my husband has a full head of hair, but he chose to literally bick his hair. Shaved his head. Into like the, you know, kind of that, you know, that rim hairdo that oh, a good one. men have a good as they bald. It's the complete balding of the top of his head. He bicked his hair clean to the scalp. Didn't tell me he was going to do it. And then he put like powder in it to make it look gray. He got it from the theater teacher in his school. Wow. Powdered it. And then he cut off his beard and he has a substantial beard into like, kind of like mustache. And then he powdered that. And then he bought these old man glasses and he found a suit that was just gigantic. And he put a pillow inside of it. And then he walked into a party later that night that I was at. I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> so I, I did not even recognize him. And then he cut, he actually this. came up to me and put his hand on my shoulder and I was like, <gasps> you know, like, oh, and then somebody, <laughs> I didn't realize it was him. It was really startling. It was like a, we jumped forward in time about, I think at that time, probably it felt like 60 years and I just wasn't <laughs> quite prepared for it. But the worst part about it was he had to then the next day bick his entire head. Oh, so he went sure. like down uh, to the scalp, like shiny. Committed. Yeah, to, to get to that effect. But it was, I think he would have believed he was an old man. It was really, really, really great. So That's amazing. So uh, on that note, this is no way, good way to transition from a guy shaving his head to a bald man well, head. Jared could have a side hustle as a oh, costume guy. Yeah, there we go. Mm. So that's today's leading question. We're looking at the idea today of motivation. Why do we do the things we do? And kind of considering desire, idolatry, the ways that we're influenced to make decisions, um, such as shaving your entire head or most of your head to become an old man. Uh, and so we're looking at that idea. So our question for today was, should I have a side hustle? So what do we think, Natty? Should I have a side hustle? I mean, that word should, that just, that's a tough one. Should, should I have a t- side hustle? I mean, no. I'm, should makes it sound like it's a good idea across the board, right? Should mm, you? No. Sure. Can you? I think, yeah. Right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think from time to time in my life, I've had side hustles. I do know that they, they complicate my life. Right, they mm-hmm. add more things to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had to be careful 
about the side hustles I've jumped into and some have been more or less fruitful, more or less frustrating. And so, but the word should, eh, that's a tough one. Should, no. Can you? Yes. What about you, Kay? Should I have a side hustle? Uh, I'm asking about for me personally. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I think you have to reflect back on your life. Uh, like Natty said, do you have the capacity to have a side hustle? Do you have something that actually makes, or are you doing something that actually makes sense to have a side hustle? Um, just to add one randomly uh, because you see other people doing it. I I would give some pause. Yeah. I uh, actually, this uh, is relevant to me. I need to ask myself this uh, because I, at one point, I think it was like right after I got uh, to TikTok, the uh, app, I, I started getting videos of people that would go to like thrift stores and different things. And then they'd find deals and then resell them on eBay. And for some reason, uh, thinking about how we're influenced, I just was like, I need to do this too. I need to make more money. I was buying a couple ideas. I was like, I need to uh, make more money um, and I need to uh, do it this way, essentially. Right? So I like started doing it. I would buy stuff and, uh, and then I would try and resell it on eBay. Uh, and I was doing it and it was making me miserable because it was like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I actually didn't like shipping stuff. I actually didn't mind the selling part and like even kind of running a spreadsheet of like, here's what I have, here's what's listed at, et cetera. And I, it kind of broke even on it. And I did end up donating a bunch of inventory back to Goodwill because once it like, <laughs> once, but it was just wild because like here I was thinking, yeah, I'm following Jesus. I know what I'm thinking about is wise and what to do. And yet I just kind of bought this idea that I had to be doing this. And and so the reason I bring that up, not just because it's kind of a funny story of me just selling on eBay because videos told me I should. And they didn't even tell me I should. I just like osmosis to that. Uh, but as, as we're talking this week about the concept of idolatry. And so real quick, just an idol is is something essentially that grabs a hold of our worship, that tells us this is where life is to be found. And so... For me, it was life is found in having more income because you found a way to conquer some side hustle that you needed to have. And so it's kind of fun to get into, should I have a side hustle? Because it's just so personal for me. So let's get into the quote of the week here. And so every week, again, we do a quote from a resource that has been around our program uh, in LDI. And this week, it's from a book by Tim Keller called Counterfeit Gods. And again, looking at this concept of idolatry. And the quote is this. An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts. If I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. How is this quote hitting you? Uh, Right in the gut. She just stabbed herself in the proverbial chest. It's not her proverbial (laughs) chest. It's her actual trust. Uh, But... It, like in all honesty, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I, uh, it says, if I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. And I could add in so much. Uh, when I was single, if I had marriage, then my life would have so much meaning. Or if I have this certain level of friendship or relationship or status in my job or make this certain amount of income or currently, uh, if I have this size house, then my life will have meaning. And I'm just like, oh. I know that none of those things are true yet. They can tend to be made idols in my life and it's kind of the worst. Yeah, I love the vulnerability in that. Uh, and Kaylin is really great at 
sharing what's going on in her heart. And she's like, oh, I hate my sin. It's my Kaylin voice. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty decent, right? Yeah. And so like, I just appreciate that about you. And I, you know, do we talk about things that we idol, we idolize, we turn into idols. And for me, it's comfort, but it's, there's also other things, you know, mm-hmm. if I can just have enough influence, mm-hmm. right. If I can yeah. just have, if I can just be remembered, even for all the cool things God did, mm-hmm. then I'll know I mattered. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I'll know I mattered. Like it's not just enough that God is working through me. I need people to remember mm-hmm that I taught that class or that <laughs> I said that cool thing. And, and so it's just, it just gets at the, kind of the ugliness in our hearts because we can even twist really good things like potentially being in a relationship, being married or having an influence or in somebody's house or in somebody's house. <laughs> that was a mashup of our issues. But I think everyone knows what I mean. It, you know, if we can just do those things, we're going to feel okay. And just, Yeah. The ugliness in our hearts that can be so disguised under good things. Yes. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. I I, um, was thinking about the word or the phrase functional savior, Mm because I think we're Mm -hmm. Christians here and we're thinking, okay, I worship God. I love God. But then in my day-to-day life, there are those things that grab a hold of me that I might not even notice. And I'm living for, yeah, this is going to give me meaning. This is going to save. So to go back to my reselling example, my functional savior was making more money and I'm in control of it and I'm the one in charge of, of accomplishing it. And so I actually became my functional savior and tied to the concept of <laughs> should I have a side hustle? I think a lot of times in culture, we're hearing more and more. I talk to people and they're like, you got to have passive income. Passive income. And I actually like passive income equals true life. Like that becomes your functional savior. So it's like, yeah, did we buy the duplex and are we renting it out? Did we start the side hustle that I only have to interact with once a month? And did you buy, like I see videos. And of it's someone, bringing in 5k a month. Yeah. I bought a mm-hmm. laundromat. I'm like, oh, I got to buy a laundromat. But, but we're, but it's, again, it's just, these are kind of, hyperbolic examples, but it's that idea of functional savior. And so that's what's hitting me. I think of things that have been practical for me in the past of like, if this person thinks highly of me, if people thought my teaching was fun, uh, if, uh, yeah, if I had this relationship, uh, if I could just uh, eat some a bag of Nerds gummy clusters. You guys seen this candy? It's like banned in many states or no. many countries, but America, we get it. <laughs> nerds gummy clusters. Yes, my kids have eaten those. They're, they're so like good. Nerds ropes. Yeah, but, they're really good. Yeah, but it, it's like anything can kind of become that functional savior, which is it's just wild because it's like, yeah, if you ask me, I'm like, no, I love and worship God, and yet here's this thing I'm kind of living for, uh, which is why we're getting into this idea of motivation and idolatry. So. Uh, as we continue on here, what, how do we, how do we think about this? How do we grow practically? So when we're thinking about this podcast, we're always looking at, we're imperfect leaders trying to grow. And so what does it look like practically to grow in our understanding of our own motivation as we fight the battle against idolatry? I'd love to hear Natty, what what you have on the practical side of this. Yeah. I think if you would have asked me earlier on in my walk with Christ, what what I held up as an idol, I think it would have been maybe some of the classic things like that you would think of, um, like like the more the the ones that people point out more, like money or sex mm-hmm. or different things like that. Like, what am I viewing as things that are important to me, right? Um, and I think it's become a little bit more insidious as I've gotten old, older in my faith, and I've seen things like for example, the idolatry of being a mom. And so, uh. so I'm idolizing one being 
being a good mom, two, being perceived as a good mom, and three, then the outcome of my kids' lives Mm -hmm. as somehow impacting my own personal values. So um, my kids are 22, 20, and 18. My boys, who are my older two kids, just got baptized Mm -hmm. this past Sunday. And it was awesome to see them talk about how, you know, growing in their faith as kids came to a culmination when they were in college. Mm. And that being in college gave them a time to really make their faith their own. And that was motivating their decision. And it was really cool that they decided to do this. Now, I could either rejoice with the Lord that... God gave them this space and a unique and awesome group of people in each of their separate lives because they go to separate colleges where he was able to orchestrate so many people to be involved in their lives. And just out of an overflow of that and and just their thankfulness for Jesus, they decided to get baptized, which is exactly what they articulated. Or I could have looked at it like they needed to be apart from me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can see how like, and then all of a sudden I take this wonderful thing that God is doing in their lives and I make it about me. Yeah. And -hmm. that's how fast it is to go from rejoicing with somebody to making it about us. Yeah. Right? Because here I am, this, you know, church mom. They they grew up with their mom working in church. They they don't remember me not working Mm -hmm. at Hope is my guess. And... I could have easily made it about me. And so then I start to, or or heaven forbid, what if they choose to never get baptized? What does that reflect on me as a mom? Yeah. And I, I don't want to make baptism a bigger rock than it is. And we could talk about different theological issues. Maybe someday, oh, wow, we haven't even talked about talking about theological issues on this podcast. Uh-oh. Oof-da. <laughs> um, uh, but it's, it's, so, it's so, so easily that switch can flip between... Mm-hmm. making this about mm-hmm. the goodness of what God is doing. And me just like, this is everything I hope for for my kids. Like they want to follow Jesus yeah. on their own without me doing that. But I can so quickly make that about me and then let that be an impact on my identity. Yeah. You know, well, our daughter decided to get baptized when she was 12. So maybe I did a better job with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, no, none of that is true. Yeah. Um, and, but I, you can, you can see how easy it would be mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to twist that or, if they just do this thing or mm-hmm. they say this thing or they never make that sin or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it can be very insidious. Mm-hmm. Kay, what do you think? Um, I think thinking uh, practically, uh, I'm going to go back to the Keller quote. So I think ask yourself the question that Keller poses. He says, if I have blank, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll know I'm significant and secure. So ask him, what is that blank? And I would encourage you just to be honest with him. Uh, For me, it always feels like this huge weight off my shoulders. Like when I was able to say, right now, I want a bigger house. And if I have a bigger house, then my life will have complete meaning. And it was like, oh, I do not want to admit that out loud because it's just Mm -hmm. like, this is the like ickiness of my heart. And it also feels like a big weight off my shoulders once then I'm able to admit it out loud to the Lord, because then I feel like, okay, I already know that he knows, but now I feel uh, in a place that I can actually seek him in that. And then uh, being able to then share that with a few others so that they can join in prayer. Also just bigger house, more to clean. I know. I don't know why. (laughs) I think I just really want a dining room. Yeah, I, I can see that. If you have a dining room, then you'll be okay. I just can't even, <laughs> That's a... I can't even get myself to, 
you know, like mop my very, not very large kitchen floor. So <laughs> you can only imagine if I had a palatial estate, you know, yeah. what I would do with that. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things come to mind for this practical. For me, uh, and I'll just go get at them by way of sharing idle battles in my own life. So one was I had to do a garage roof and... uh I felt like for some reason I felt this was like I had the idol of my competence. So I was like, I have to, I I don't know what it was. I just felt like I had to know how to do a garage roof. And so this, and this kind of gets into how do I know I have an idol? So kind of answer this two ways. So I felt like I had to do this garage roof and it was like eating me alive. It was all I was thinking about. I constantly was not feeling okay. Uh, I was constantly in anxiety. I was constantly frustrated and, and so that's like, okay, those are maybe some feelings and things that are identifying. You're worshiping this thing. Like this is bigger for you and your own competence is actually what's at the heart of that. You just want to feel like you know how to do everything. And it was funny because Natty at one point goes, do you know how to fly a plane? And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know how to fly a plane. Because uh, she was getting at, I didn't know how to do a garage roof. So here I am like <laughs> worshiping, like I should know how to do this thing that I don't know how to do. It's funny when you say it out loud. Oh, but, yeah. that, but that's what helped me identify an idol. I'd say right now, uh, I can tell uh, that I have a time idol and it's more control. It's I want to control my time. And so when new tasks are coming my way right now, I'm not responding with emotional intelligence. Kaylin's trying to hold it or laughter here. Um, so like, <laughs> sure. but that again is like, it feels like I, my, the things that I love and are precious to me are being taken from me. And that's a good way to identify that you have an idol. Uh, you know, one way to think about idolatry is Gollum and Lord of the Rings, right? And, and whatever oh, that thing man. is, my precious, my right? My precious. So right now, my precious Southern is my Gollum. time. But, but <laughs> no, so, wait, what was, do it again. Do it again. Southern I'm going to do Gollum. differently. My precious. Why it's is, still Southern. God, it's, <laughs> I love it. It's like Gollum, but he's on an open porch, just rocking in a rocking chair. Looking. Uh, he's got a weeping willow Why tree was, yeah, next right. to him. Okay, uh, okay, so what we learned on the episode today is that Kaylin's Gollum and Impression is Southern. Can we get a clip of that that's for like huge, just an audio oh file? Oh my gosh, great that's a, that is one of the great Kaylin things to come Southern out of this. Uh, well, Paul, can I just add on to what you said? Because I think you really hit something well there. Like, how do we know it's an idol? Uh, yeah. If our, re- our response to the interruption of the pursuit of that idol, mm. ooh, you know, I get, if I have this time idol, heaven forbid somebody get in the way yeah. or add a new thing to my to-do list or like... Remember newborns, which the two of you aren't that far from. Remember mm-hmm. the sleep idol? Mm. Oh, something. Some the phone rings. Your mom calls offering to help you, but she interrupted your sleep. I mean, you nothing brings out your inner angsty 13-year-old like that, right? And you're just, you, you just you're mean to somebody who's trying to help you, right? And so that response to the interruption of the pursuit of that idol, I think is just mm-hmm. a really big thing. So and just to wrap the kind of growing together and actually I'll bring this into the takeaway. So again, every time we're, we're trying to have a takeaway because we're imperfect leaders. And I think one that I want to bring in is, is good thing is things can be good and they are good, right? Whether, whatever the idol is, sex or comfort or work, uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be a, yeah, achievement. doesn't have to be a bad thing, but the, the constant encouragement is you can love that thing, love God more. And I think for me, for my competence, it's like, yeah, I can enjoy having skills and abilities, but am I worshiping the God who's given me those abilities or am I worshiping the me who's trying to have more abilities? 
so that my takeaway is I just need to continually ask, uh, ask essentially what what am I worshiping? What is my functional savior in this moment? Uh, Natty, what about for you? I think for me, just what you said just sparked like this idea of who am I making the hero? Mm. If it's me, if I'm trying to make myself the hero of the moment, and that's for me, I think influence and um, impact and different things like that are really high value to me. And that can be such a blessing in ministry that God's wired my heart to want to do that. But if I intend to make myself the hero of it, that should be a big red flag for somebody like me. I want you to point back at me and and say, I was important to you instead of like, I can be totally forgettable, but you're going to remember the Lord worked in you and the Holy Spirit was working in you. So yeah, how do I, how do I really make Jesus the hero, make Jesus the answer? And am I focusing on that? And I I think that's kind of like what you were saying with worship. Am I actually worshiping the Lord myself? I think mine, uh, it wouldn't be Jesus being the hero, but like, what is Jesus's view of me versus others? Because I think a lot of mm-hmm. my idols can go boiled down to like uh, the perception others have of me. And so um, when in reality, I know that God sees me for who he's created me to be in. I don't need anything else. Um, so that's the thing I always have to go back to. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today, but we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us LDI at HopeCC.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi.hopecc.com. Have a great week.